Hey guys, welcome back to Inappropriate. I am your host, Anna Funes. Anna, Annie, Jennifer, whatever you know me as, here I am. Back at it again with another episode. Um, before I start, if my voice sounds a bit different, then thank God. I'm trying to make it sound a bit different. I'm trying to maybe play with some different tones, I don't know. I think it's going to take me a while to find my actual podcasting voice. Um, I want it to sound as normal to like my everyday conversational voice. Um, but then again, I hate the way my voice sounds. So yeah, if I sound stupid, just give me a couple more episodes. Um, I promise you I'll find my groove and it'll be so much more bearable. Um, right now I'm actually sick. So it's about maybe a couple pitches deeper than it usually is. I'm sure you can tell just by like the growl in the back of my throat right now um i think i'm sick because i've kind of stopped wearing a mask most places um i'm fully vaxxed but i do sometimes wear a mask if i'm like having a a bad hair day or something um and yeah i know wearing a mask doesn't really make my hair look any better but it hides my face so then people don't know who exactly is having a bad hair day and somehow somehow that works for me i don't really know the logic but (laughs) anyways i'm sick so i've and I've heard of a lot of people just getting, like, the common cold. As we're starting to take our masks off, as we're starting to, you know, go back and hang out with our friends that we haven't seen for a bit. Um, but it feels nice. Honestly, I, I would rather be sick and social than, you know, not sick and cooped up in my room for the rest of the year. Um, also, if I sound a little off, um, I am. Emma Chamberlain didn't post on time this past week. And being 100% serious, it threw off my entire vibe. Um, And also, I saw TikTok basically confirming that Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are actually dating. So, yeah, it's been a rough week over at the inappropriate headquarters. So, I'm really not going to lie. I had no idea I was actually going to be doing another episode. I I released the episode with every intent to be a one-hit wonder, and after the feedback on it, I really thought I would be. Um, But then again, all the positive feedback made me want to release more episodes and just, like, see where this whole thing goes. Um, And speaking of all the feedback, thank you so much for the kind words on the first episode. I genuinely am so appreciative, and (laughs) I'm I'm smiling right now just thinking about it. Uh, The morning of the release, I was just so darn nervous that no one would like the episode. And that it would kind of just float around and turn into nothing. Um, I'm sure most of you know that feeling. Like when you do something creative and then you put it out into the world. It's just, it's like one thing to mm, write an essay for English class. um, Or even just like post a picture on Instagram. um, And like wait for it to get likes. But there's a certain vulnerability that comes with doing that. Like, But when you do something creative and you put a piece of you into some form of content whether that's a song or a youtube video or in my case a podcast there's just another level of um vulnerability there i don't know if y'all have heard of Brene brown um anyway she's like a motivational speaker and writer um and she has a quote that goes something like there's no creativity without vulnerability and i just really like that and it has inspired me to put more of uh more and more of myself into the creative outlets that I've been exploring. Um, so there's a little tidbit of advice for the week. Be vulnerable, um, but not too vulnerable because sometimes that's uncomfortable for other people. 
like obviously um like speak your truth but maybe leave out some of the more intense parts until until you get to know people better because because it's it's yeah sometimes it gets awkward uh you know what I mean um but anyways that was all to say thank you so much um to everyone who listened and it was very encouraging I'm doing my best to suppress my ego because as soon as someone says that I made them laugh I just have the ego of a high school basketball player um (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding um but seriously thank you for feeding my ego um I'm super excited to do this for the time being um but let's get into it. Let's. I have some highlights of the week that I'd like to share with everybody. Um, so I talked about my whole thing with golfing in the last podcast, and I got the itch this weekend to bust some balls. So me and the girls went to the driving range, me, Olivia, Ashley, and, and Margaret. And for outfits, we went with the sporty chic look and absolutely crushed it. Um, when we got to the range, we did go down to the very end of the little, like, um, pod thing so that no one else would uh see us and we didn't embarrass ourselves too hard um I'd say overall it went pretty well um and we hit um we all had our fair share of decent decent hits um but I went into it thinking all right I'm about to show show these show these girls up so hard and I'm gonna have to teach them how to hit and they'll just be in all of me but no that's not how it went at all they were actually really good Somehow we've all um, gotten a decent amount better since the last time we went to the driving range or top golf or whatever. Uh, but here's the most frustrating part about taking my friends to the driving range. So one of my friends, Anna Margaret, is a freaking beast with a driver. And here's the thing. I would respect it, but I just can't get myself to because of this one thing. She would, like, jump as she hit the ball, but the ball would go soaring. And I know I know the point of golf isn't to just, like, smack it as far as you can, as hard as you can. But it's still impressive. And, like, at the driving range, that's what I feel like the objective is. And it's incredibly impressive. Um, so, anyway, she was definitely the best one out of all of us, um, which is kind of rude because, like, I feel like it was supposed to be my day to, you know, show off my skills. But, um, oh, another thing she would do is she would, like, run up to the ball like you know how in cartoons when the bull like winds up to go for the guy in the flag she did she did that she'd like drag her feet across the floor not really but she would like run up to the ball and then jump and that was so annoying because like when Jack and I first went the thing he kept telling me was keep your feet planted and your eye on the ball and so I've done that and still somehow I still can't hit with the driver and partially, I think it's because the driver is way too long for me. Um, but I also just haven't haven't put in the time, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then now I see Anne Margaret literally run up to the tee and jump as she swings, and it goes like almost two hundred yards, maybe maybe even hit two hundred. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go alone another time and try Anne's method. And try to get my driver skills, you know, up to par. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, but this time, though, I did realize I am getting better with the hybrid. So that maybe that means I'll work my way up to the driver. The other highlight of my week was that I saw a shooting star. But as I saw it, I freaked out. 
So like instead of appreciating the beauty of creation and everything, my heart rate just skyrocketed. And I don't know if everyone knew about this, um, but do you remember that whole news story about the space thing that was like predicted to fall into the U.S. at some point? Anyways, like it already fell somewhere. Um, I'm pretty sure it like fell in the middle of nowhere. Um, I could look it up right now, but that's not really pertinent. But as I saw the shooting star, the first thing that crossed my mind was, oh my gosh, that thing from space is going to hit the earth and going to explode. And I also thought, oh my gosh, the world's going to end. So that was fun. Um, thankfully, we're all still here. But after I saw that and I was driving to my babysitting job, I thought, okay, wow. Normal people would see the shooting star and close their eyes and make a wish. And then there's people like me who are really, who are either just anxious people or maybe they worry a lot. And they assume the world's about to end. Um, anyways, I thought you guys would like to know that. So if you see a shooting star, um, think of me and how the world is not going to end after you see it. The more you know. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here's what you've all been waiting for. My take on the Battle of the Platforms fight. As I said in my last podcast, I spent the night of my year and a half anniversary watching these fights. Um, it wasn't my boyfriend's idea. It was all me. Um, and I'm not going to talk about all the fights, but I will talk about the most popular ones or the ones that I've seen that have like kind of gathered the most traction. Um, so get out your pen and paper because you're going to want to take notes. All right. First up, Vinny Hacker. Vinny freaking Hacker. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure most girls know who Vinny Hacker is. He's one of the hottest people, according to TikTok. Um, every girl wants to be with Vinny Hacker. And now he's America's sweetheart. So Vinny is 18 years old, and he went against a British YouTuber uh, named Deji, who is 24 years old. So everyone thought Deji was just going to pummel Vinny. And honestly, in the beginning, like in the first maybe two rounds, he did. But Deji didn't have the stamina to last the full five rounds and Vinny came back and knocked him out. But honestly, that's not even the best part. Like, the fight was cool and all, but like, the best part was that after the fight, Vinny goes over to Deji and Deji's saying like, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. Just like putting himself down. Um, but America's sweetheart, Vinny Hacker, just encouraged him and was like bringing him up and like telling him he's not a failure, like you'll get him next time kind of dude. Um, but it was really sweet, so that was super cute. Uh, next fight was Taylor Holder. Only thing I'm going to say about this fight is that how big of a letdown it was. I think everyone was sure that he was going to win because he's like boasted his skill like the entire time. He said that he's boxed for um, the past six years, but like he lost. Um, so that sucked. Um, Bryce Hall. Main fight was Bryce Hall versus Austin McBroom. And honestly, this was a total letdown as well. I am not a Bryce Hall fan by any means. Um, I'm not even sure if, like, Bryce Hall fans exist. But I did want to see him kick Austin McBrooms. But I just have a strong dislike for him. Yeah, you could argue that Bryce Hall is a menace to society. But Austin McBroom is, like, like an actual bad person. Um, he puts on, like, the face of being, like, a loyal and dedicated father and husband. And there's just been so much evidence of him cheating. Also, I hate family channels on YouTube, and that applies to any and all family channels. And I'm sure of you I'm sure that a lot of you right now are thinking of family channels and are like 
wait, but what about them? They're so nice and wholesome. I mean, I mean, maybe, but most likely not. Um, most people on the internet just want to make money, even if that means exploiting their children's lives for content. Um, I don't even think the Kardashians do that with their kids. Um, I mean, Chris definitely did it with her kids, but the Kardashians proper um, don't, to my knowledge. I haven't really um, kept up with them recently. Anyways, all that to say, I don't like Austin McBroom, and I was severely disappointed that um, he wasn't knocked out. But I'm sure everyone else on the internet was on the opposite side of things. Um, No one really asked for this update, but I thought it would be helpful for those who hadn't watched the fight um, so they could join in on the conversation and feel included. Let's see. So I don't really know how long this episode will end up being, and I'm thinking it'll be shorter because of the subject of the main thing I want to talk about, which is the idea of pick-me-girls. This idea for the podcast came to me while I was watching the movie Gone Girl about like a week or two ago, Um, and here's why. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it in the next couple of sentences, so sorry about that. Um, Anyways, the movie is about a husband and a wife and their love story. I'm saying love in quotations because it was not real love. Um, So it's about their story together and the main plot line follows the wife's disappearance slash murder. Um, it's really intense and disturbing, but such a good movie. Such a good movie. The acting is a bit cheesy, especially from Ben Affleck, um, but it's all right. That really has nothing to do with the topic, um, but my favorite scene from the entire movie is where there's a big plot twist and you find out that the wife has actually staged and faked her disappearance and had been planning this huge ordeal all to frame her husband. And I'm not going to get into if um, what she did was right or not. Um, It totally was. She had every right to do what she did. Um, (laughs) But I am obsessed with this scene because of what she says during it. It's like a five-minute monologue walking the audience through how and why she did what she did. And then within this monologue, there's a little part where she talks about the phenomenon known as the cool girl. Um, I'm not going to read the whole speech or whatever, but I would strongly recommend you either watch a scene or read the excerpt um, from the book. The gist of the speech is basically that there's really no such thing as a cool girl, that a cool girl is born from a man's idea of what the perfect girl is, someone who sits around watching sports and drinking beer with the guys or whatever. And a cool girl is a girl who then transforms herself into that mold and plays the part of the ideal woman in whichever man she's trying to impress. Um... Anyways, the main point of me saying all of this is to say that while I was sitting here, all I could think of was the new, new newer idea of the pick-me girl. Um, And it has me also thinking about all the ways that people have weaponized this idea of the pick-me girl and misunderstood the negative sides of what a pick-me girl is. Quick disclaimer, I am definitely not an expert on what a pick-me girl is. I'm really just speaking from personal experience and some of my uh, recent thoughts, uh, recent thoughts on it. Okay, so according to Urban Dictionary, the most reliable source on the internet, might I say, other than Wikipedia, a pick-me girl is a girl who seeks male validation by indirectly or directly insinuating that she is not like other girls. But as I've read more and more about what pick-me girls are, I think an important part to add to the definition is girls girls who use their own internalized misogyny against other girls. And yeah, that's a pretty loaded statement, and everyone these days likes to throw on the word misogyny and other buzzwords like that to cause a stir. Um, And don't mistake this episode um, 
for me being like preachy, I I can make fun of this idea of pick me girls because because I was one for a little bit, and I I think I still have my moments, and every girl does. But my pick me phase was middle school, so there's a bit of a disclaimer. Everything I say is all in good fun, and I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, so nothing I say say should be taken seriously ever. The end. Okay. Now that that's been said, let's drag some people. I would say every girl goes through some form of a pit-me phase. But I think for everyone in my age group, let's say like everyone that's 18 to 24 now, there was a big movement when we were around the middle and high school age that made this whole pick-me thing possible. Um, it made it possible to idealize a pick-me girl and kind of trick everyone in that age group into thinking that these were the kind of girls we needed to be. And this is what the movement was, in my opinion. It was the young adult novels with a female protagonist. So the books like The Hunger Games, the Divergent series, and a lot of John Green's female characters. And I know we blame the millennials for everything, and the joke is probably getting old. But this is a thousand percent their fault. The side parts and the wine o'clock aprons aren't going to be happy about this one. Um, I don't know how this is their fault, and I refuse to elaborate, um, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that it is. Anyways, we read these books as incredibly impressionable girls going through puberty, and a lot of girls just ran with it, me being one of them. Like, for a few years, I had the whole not-like-other-girls mentality, and I look back at it, and I cringe. And a lot of people from my school um, who knew me in middle school are probably laughing right now because they know exactly the person I was in middle school. I was the girl who wanted to be friends with all the boys because boys had no drama, um, but little did I know that every girl who has ever said that sentence is the sole reason for the majority of the drama in her vicinity. And that's just how it works. To be fair to myself, though, every girl in middle school does go through a phase like that, in the same way every boy somehow gets sucked down the Ben Shapiro hole. <laughs> but as we get older, we find our friends or we find people who like fit our vibe more and we settle into more stable friend group so we don't feel the need to be different um, or even more superior to other girls in the groups um, around us. And at some point, a lot of girls just become a lot more confident in who they are and they just kind of, you know, stop caring about what everybody else thinks and like what everybody else is doing. Um, and we, we grow out of the pick me phase um, and grow to a more supportive of other people, other girls specifically phase. But the thing with pick-me's is that they are permanently stuck in this phase. They never truly grow out of it. They're the, tiny, they're the kind of girls who put the interests of other girls down in front of boys or something like that. Or they're the, they're the girls who expose girls' secrets to boys to make themselves look better. And most of this behavior is kind of flushed out um, all through middle school. But some girls just don't grow out of it. And they grow up to be nursing majors. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, my best friend is a nursing major. But according to WebMD, 70% of nursing majors are pick-me girls. I'm sorry, but, like, you can't argue with the cold, hard facts. Um, again, totally joking. Please, please don't cancel me. I love most nursing majors. Um, anyways, I don't really have an underlying message to preach to y'all. Um, for some reason, the whole idea of pick-me's has just been on my mind a lot lately. I guess the whole thing, I guess the whole thing is 
that you need to do to avoid being a pick me is to just, you know, mind your own business. Um, stay in your own lane and let other girls just be themselves. We already get bashed enough by boys for literally just breathing sometimes. Um, like, you know, the whole trend that was in every girl's TikTok comments for a while. Um, the F in woman stands for funny, you know, stuff like that. Um, so why waste our time turning on each other when we should be turning on them? Um, also, while I'm talking about uh, men or boys, I should say, there are such things as pick me boys. Um, I don't know enough about them to talk about them as much, I guess. Um, but they're, you know, the nice guys, the guys who just want to be friends, who like respect women and then cheat on their girlfriend other, every other weekend. I mean, I'm on to you. Yeah, you. The ones who idolize, you know, like the Joker and then like see him as a Mr. as like just a misunderstood guy, you know? Y'all are the pygmies. Y'all are walking red flags. And actually, I could get into a whole other tangent about the reception of the Joker movie and what I think the true message was intended to be, um, but I won't do that today. Um, maybe some other time, actually, but definitely not today. Let's see. I think I'm... Almost at a stopping point, so I'll go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um, all right, so the question of the week comes from a good pal. No free clout, though. Not going to shout you out. Um, all right, so this person asks, what's your most embarrassing kiss story? I saw this and I knew exactly which kiss to talk about. Okay, let's get settled. Um so this kiss happened when I was, I guess, 15, maybe almost 16, or or maybe I just turned 16, um, which is so weird to think of now. Like, I was a baby at 16. I had absolutely no business doing what I was doing back then. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, I was around 16, um, and I went down to Oxford with my current boyfriend's family for a day to watch um, an Ole Miss game which is a huge step for me, personally, in a relationship. Um, anyways, we, we spend a little time at the game, but it's like, it's boring, you know? I think they are playing Martin, so it wasn't too hype. And um, I was wearing a dress for some reason. Um, please don't ask why. I can't explain 16-year-old me's mindset. Um, yeah. Anyways, Jack and I leave the game, and we go to the cute little square, um, and we walk around for a bit. Then we went to Square Books, which is a bookstore that has two stories, and at the top there's a little coffee shop and a balcony with some benches and stuff. Super cute. Also, if you've been to Square Books, or if you go there in the future, I'm sorry. Um, I might ruin it for you. So we go to Square Books and get some coffee, um, I think. Um, actually, I'm not really sure if we even got any coffee. I know we didn't buy any books, but I, th I think maybe at least he got coffee, because he's... He's addicted to caffeine. Um, we might have just walked out into the balcony to just like chill and stuff, but those other details don't don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, anyways, we go out into the balcony. We're just sitting there talking and laughing, being normal kids, you know. Then, <laughs> then you know we we start to we start to kiss kiss a little. Ew, ew, ew. I can't say that. It's so gross. I can't. 
I'm 19 and I can't say that I kissed my boyfriend. Oh my gosh. Chills, chills. So we're just doing what we do. And you know, when you're kissing someone, you feel like it's just you two and there's no noise or distractions around that could stop you. And that's exactly the mindset that I was in. Um, in my head, we were the only two people in the world and blah, blah, blah. All that romantic crap. Disgusting. Right? It gets worse. As we're kissing, I'm ripped from my daydream to hear some guys on a gra- balcony across from Square Books, like, cheering us on. No. <laughs> but, like, we just kind of laughed it off and, like, shrugged and just kept kissing. We just kept... I can't say that word. You would have thought that we would have been embarrassed and, like, slid back inside and then just crawled in a hole and died. No. No, we did not. Younger Jana was absolutely unhinged. So so here we are, doing some good old-fashioned kissing. And those dudes on the balcony were probably, like, from across from us were probably just like, uh, right? And they, the thing is, as I'm thinking about it, they mostly, they most likely had no idea that we were, like, 15 or 16. They probably thought we were just like some other college kids or something. I don't know. Which is super weird. Anyways. So we're expressing our love to the world. And I'm back in that zone I talked about earlier. You know, Rihanna's only girl in the world is playing in my head. And all of a sudden, Jack pulls back. And I'm like, what? And he like pulls a leaf out of my mouth. And I just. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I forgot to include an important detail of the story. The bench we were sitting on had a little potted tree next to it. And some strands or like whatever you call them were hanging down over our faces. And somehow in all the commotion, one of those strands made its way into my mouth. And a leaf made its home there. No. No. (coughs) I absolutely hate that story. And honestly, I haven't talked about it in a while. And I haven't even thought about it in a while. So thank you to whoever asked that for bringing up my, my past trauma. Thank you. All right. Um. Before I go, I want to say something about having guests on in the future. I'm working to make some episodes with some friends, but for right now, you know, I'm really enjoying the one-on-one time that we're getting. I feel like I feel like we're just getting to know each other, and I think it's important to build a relationship before before you add in a third. You know what I mean? But guests are coming, so you won't have to listen to my voice forever. So stay tuned for that. Um, all right. I think that's all I've got for this episode. Um, The main takeaway is don't be a nursing major. Okay, so follow the pod on Instagram at anappropriate.podcast to keep up with me and all the announcements that will come over the next few weeks. DM me with questions you have through the podcast or if you'd like to be a guest or something. Constructive criticism is always welcomed. Um, I love you. I hope you're having a great summer. Um, here's your goodbye kiss, Landon. 
All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>